morning, everyone. Please stand.
Praise God. You guys can have a seat. Well, good morning, everyone. It is my privilege this morning to welcome you to Groton Bible Chapel, both those of you here and those of you online. My name is Gary Campbell, and I'm the lead pastor here at GBC. My name is Megan. My mic was on. My name is Megan Hartley. I'm the director of GBC Kids. You know, this morning is Palm Sunday, and uh, we're really excited that uh, as we begin to celebrate and think about Passion Week, we'll culminate all that this weekend, uh, upcoming with Good Friday services on Friday and, of course, Easter Sunday, a week from today. But for us as a church family, uniquely this time around on Palm Sunday, we're also celebrating our first child dedication in a year and a half. And I know those of you at home can't see yet, but there is a raid before us, a host of young families, and we're really excited uh, for this morning. Child dedication, as Zach reminded us last week, uh, is something that involves the entire church. It's not just for families of young kids, because raising kids in the training and instruction of the Lord is something that we do as a community. And you're going to hear about that this morning uh, in our message. It's as if we are an extended family of sorts. So we're excited to celebrate. We're excited to learn. And, uh, you know, we know that you're going to have the same experience at home when you get to see these families on stage. Families in the front, we understand your kids are going to be their awesome little selves. So if they start loudly screaming worship to Jesus, or if they start crying, please know we are taking it in stride, so we want you guys to be as comfortable as possible as well. Congregation, please extend a little bit of grace to these families. If for whatever reason you are not comfortable and you want to step out in the nursery wing over here, the first door on the left, we do have a nursing mother's room that you can use until the time of dedication or for anybody with small children. Um, at this time, would you stand again with us as we continue to worship? Yeah. 
Good morning. Uh, my name is Tim Coulterman, Jr., and I'm one of the elders here at Crofton Bible Chapel. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for being the God who is in control of everything and above everything. The God who loved us so much that you sent your Son to this earth to ransom us from our sin and to provide a way for salvation through the blood that was shed on the cross as payment for our sin if we would believe and receive your gift. As we remember Palm Sunday and your triumphal entry into Jerusalem, we want to thank you for your willingness and obedience to complete the mission the Father set before you, to bear the shame and punishment that belongs only to us. Thank you for your love that for us that surpasses anything that we can fathom. Heavenly Father, we pray for those that are not here that, are not, that, that do not know who you are, Lord, and need to hear the message of salvation. Lord, prepare their hearts through the power of your Holy Spirit to hear the words that bring salvation. Bring, be with Zach as he delivers the message today. Give him the wisdom and the clarity to speak the things that you have given him to say. Lord, we wanna pray for those in our congregation who are sick and need your hand of healing. We want to lift them up now to you. Lord, you are the great physician. We want to not just pray for those who are hurting physically, but emotionally and spiritually. Lord, be with them, comfort them, and heal them. Lord, we know this. We know this. Uh, we know that there are people who are not uh, just hurting um, physically, but also spiritually. And we want to come alongside them, Lord, comfort them. This pandemic has definitely taken a heavy toll on many in this congregation, and we pray that you bring it to a rapid end. Lord, we pray for those who can't be with us today. Keep them safe. We think of those serving in our military who are deployed away from their families. Be with them and bring them home safely. We want to pray for our local leaders, our governor, the Congress, and the president. Lord, guide them to make the right decisions that will honor you. We also pray for the children that will be dedicated this morning. We are so blessed to have so many little ones in our congregation, Lord. We want to come alongside them and guide them and help them bring up the, their mom. We want to help the moms and dads bring up the kids in the way of the Lord. Thank you that we have the privilege to do this. Lord, help us as we go from here today to walk in your way and bring the good news of your son, the Lord Jesus, to our community. We thank you for all your rich blessings and how you love and care for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please stand and greet one another. And if you're watching from home, please uh, send a text or a message. Uh, thank you. Lots of life up in here. My name is Zach. I'm one of the pastors here. Welcome if you're new. If 
you're a guest because someone you know has got a, got a child being dedicated, welcome. We are glad that you're here with us this morning. I just want to start off, it's been said, I'll say it again. You know, we understand that kids are kids. And I just offer this as an encouragement to the church. I heard a pastor once say, a church that doesn't have anyone who is crying is a church that is dying. And that is not a problem we have here. All right, but we want the crying to be babies, not adults. Let's just be really clear on that. Uh, start off this morning by pointing out uh, just the fact that, that kids today are growing up in a world very different than their parents, their grandparents, their great-grandparents. It is, it is different. Growing up today is just, is just different. And so I, I enjoyed searching through some, uh, some photos to try to illustrate this. For instance, some of our grandparents and great-grandparents grew up playing on something like this. Now that stresses some of you parents out just thinking about. Now, for those of you who enjoy your quiet time, the way parents used to uh, seclude their children looked a little bit different in the past, particularly in urban settings. And uh, finally, we also have a good old ancient car seat. Yes, things are a little bit different now than they were back then. Oh my Lord, how you baby boomers survived. Um, praise the Lord that you're with us. Uh, Jonathan Haidt, who's a, uh, who's a social psychologist, actually pointed out, he did research for a book and he, he looked at elementary schools and you know what criteria are for kids entering in first grade and how they differ in the 50s and 60s versus today. One of the criteria that he came across from the olden days, we'll call them, is you knew your child was ready for first grade if they could walk four blocks and buy a quart of milk on their own at the corner store. If they couldn't do that at age five or six, they weren't ready for school yet. Some of you don't have teenagers who can do that yet. <laughs> so again, how things have changed. Now all that is fun, and it's fun to look back, but at the same time, the point of this morning is that while a lot has changed, there's a lot more that hasn't. In terms of growing up, in terms of being raised, particularly as a part of God's people and as a part of God's family. Today we look, we zoom into Deuteronomy chapter six. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there, Deuteronomy six, because God's people are about to enter into a world full of distraction and comfort. And God tells them that later on in the chapter. You're about to go into a world full of distraction and comfort. That is a world we can relate to. Or we live in a world full of distraction, full of comfort. In fact, we live in a world more full of distraction and comfort than the world has ever known. So much so that many of us carry the biggest distraction in our lives in our back pockets throughout the day. And even if you're not addicted to some of the sexy stuff, right? A pill, a drug, a bottle. Many of us find ourselves addicted to things like entertainment or the news. And so as we think about navigating and, and taking new believers, be them adults or young, and taking children placed under our care as the family, as the church, not just as an individual nuclear family, but as, as the GBC family, what does it look like to raise kids up in the way that, in the tactics that, that God gives us? And here's going to be kind of the main point. I'm going to get to the text really quick. Here's the big point. God calls us in faithfully imparting 
the knowledge of God to young people. This is what he calls us to, is to intentionally structure our lives, intentionally structure our lives such that they are, our minds are, they are saturated with the teachings and promises of God. Hear this. We as a GBC family are called to intentionally structure our lives such that they are saturated with the teaching and the promises of God. And that's what's gonna play out in Deuteronomy chapter six. Now the final thing I'll mention before I pray and I read is this. Whenever you talk about bringing kids up in the fear of the Lord, whenever you talk about imparting a knowledge of God upon our kids, we have to point something out. As a parent of young kids, it's easy to talk about this. But the truth is, the Bible gives zero guarantee that the actions of a parent will lead to an outcome for kids in terms of who they ultimately surrender to, be it themselves or God. There's, there's no guarantee given. And so I say this to you, whether you're, you're a parent whose kids are grown, some of us have had kids that have walked away from the church, here's the deal. We are called as a church to be faithful. We leave faith to our kids and we leave the fruit to God. Okay? So hear that. The question we're asking this morning, what does it look like to be faithful? Pray with me. God, as we dive into the word this morning, Lord, may it be clear. We ask, Lord, where there's area for conviction to be felt, that it would be felt. Where there's encouragement needed, that there would be encouragement. But that, God, we would walk away here with something to hold on to, to bring into our everyday life. I ask this in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Let me turn there. Deuteronomy chapter 6. As I prepared this sermon, my wife and I had multiple conversations about real changes that we're making. Things look different in the Stevens household now than they did two weeks ago because we're wrestling with this. And I hope that you would wrestle with it as well. Verse four, starting off. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. It's a famous verse known as the Shema Jewish community. This is the verse they repeat throughout the day. Okay, because the Hebrew word Shema is the word for listen. Listen, Israel, the Lord of God, the Lord is one. Verse five, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. The idea of loving God with all that you are. Verse six, these words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Now I do this out of, out of reflex, but that's not exactly what the author is saying here. In fact, I looked this up with a few Old Testament scholars. First quote, E.H. Merrill. In the psychology of the Old Testament, the heart is not the center of emotional life and response, but the seed of the intellect or the rational side of humankind. To be upon the heart is to be in one's constant conscious reflection. Next one, Hans Walter Wolf. To be upon the heart means, in his anthropology of the Old Testament, means that here should remain conscious of what they have learned. I'm going to talk through three points this morning quickly about what this kind of faithfulness looks like. What does it mean to saturate our lives with the teachings and the promises of God? Three things, learn, repeat, remind. This is what we as a family of God are called to do for our children and for those who are new to the church. Learn, repeat, remind. This is to be upon our hearts. Now the problem in our culture, a lot of you can relate to this, is there's a bit of confusion that's set in over the course of several decades. We get really good at confusing access to knowledge with actually learning it. We confuse access with actually learning it. 
why do I got to bother when I can ask Alexa? How many of you have heard a kid at one point say, why do I got to do this when I can just use the calculator? We confuse access with actually knowing. There has never been a time in human history where we've had more access to teaching on the Bible. History, background. You have this in your pockets. And yet biblical literacy has never been lower. Why? We confuse access with actual knowledge. If a plumber came over to your house and they started working on a project, but before they did every single move, they pulled up a YouTube video and watched it and then did it. You might be concerned. Isn't this something you're supposed to know? Yeah. We confuse access to knowledge with actually knowing it. And the problem, church, isn't that we can't learn. The problem isn't that we can't learn. Because I'll tell you, there are people here who can give me play histories for an entire sports team, for every single person on that team. You can quote a sitcom thoroughly, be at the office, Friends, Cheers, Frasier, Seinfeld, and yet you couldn't clearly articulate the gospel. Problem isn't that you can't learn. The problem is in venturing into a world full of distraction and comfort, we've chosen to learn the distractions. Where are we saturating our minds? There are people, and I guess I, I, I lump myself, if you can explain to me how the 20 plus Marvel movies weave in and out of one another, and you know the plot to each character's life, if you could explain where Ray fits in the Star Wars universe, if you understand the backdrop of the characters in the Gilmore Girls, pick your show, and yet you don't know or couldn't explain how Moses and David and Rahab and Daniel and the Apostle Paul fit into the redemptive story, God's story. The problem, church, isn't that we can't learn. The problem is in a world full of distraction and comfort, we haven't taken the right things upon our hearts. So first thing we gotta do as a church, not as a parent, as a church, we gotta be learners. Get in the word. This is something my wife and I talked about this week. Think about it. If you could do all the things I talked about or even one of those things and yet you would struggle, get in the word. And this sermon is gonna be brutally practical. I'm gonna give you lots of practical ways to do this along the way. All of them will be in the email from Gary tomorrow morning. You don't gotta write them down. All of them will be in the email. If you're not getting the email on Monday mornings, bottom of our website, hit the subscribe button, put your email in there. You'll get all these resources tomorrow. But one, we do Bible studies, get into a Bible study. Men's and women's Bible study, you're gonna jump into Titus in two weeks. You can sign up for those online. Sunday school's been going through the Bible. In the fall, Brian Hall and Robert Hedder went through Old Testament. They're in the Gospels now. You can throw up the picture, Jen and Joe Fronsky in two weeks are gonna be going through Acts through Revelation in seven weeks. You're like, what in the world is Acts? What in the world is Revelation? That book scares me. They're gonna go through it. Jump in. If the Bible scares you, if even typing in how to read the Bible in YouTube scares you, you don't even know where to begin. On April 11th, Amber Cameron, our women's ministry director, and myself are gonna do a from scratch introduction to the Bible that evening. We're gonna send out the link and the sign up in the email tomorrow. 
We're going to talk about the difference between the Old and the New Testaments. Talk about some of the major themes of the Bible. We want you to jump in. Here's where it starts. Church family, you cannot give to our kids what you do not have. When you're on a plane and it's going down, who do they tell to put oxygen on first? You, so that you can be there to do so for your kid. We got to be learners. Point number two, keep going. Once the stuff is on our heart, Deuteronomy 6 verse 7, repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Just point this out. Repeat them to your children. When it says these commands, by the way, it could be referring to the Shema. It could be referring to the Ten Commandments in the prior chapter or to all of Deuteronomy. But this idea of passing on the teachings and promises of God, what's the first thing that we do? Repeat. When? Well, anytime the Bible gives you opposites, it's meant often to, 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 to communicate totality when it says it in this kind of way. When you sit up in the house or when you walk along the road, what is it saying? No matter what you're doing. When you lie down or when you get up, what is it saying? No matter what time. So all throughout your life, no matter what time of day, no matter what it is that you're doing, we're to be the kind of people whose lives are saturated with the teachings and the promises of God, and we're to repeat them to our kids. Now, we do this already for a lot of things. And whether you have kids or not, you grew up most likely with things being repeated to you. Let me give you an example. When me and my boys come to a road, before we cross the road, I have them hold my hands and I say, look both ways. Every time. My five-year-old may be able to do it. Heck, even when he's 10, I'll probably still be yelling it every time. I repeat it because it's important. When my boys come out of the bathroom, I always ask the same question. What is it? What question would you ask? Did you wash your hands? Why? Because it's important. And if you disagree that that's important, please don't shake my hand. <laughs> we repeat things that matter. And we do it with all sorts of things throughout the day. How do we... How do we encounter our children? How do we encounter new believers? How do we encounter our friends and family when, when they come to visit in situations that are difficult, filled with, with stress and with peace and with fear? I'll tell you, we've had a lot of fear in my house over the past few months. And so me and my wife kind of in a concerted effort began asking our kids when, when there would be fear, we would say, what does God say about fear? And the response is always from both of them, do not be afraid probably ask that question several times a week because we want them to care about what God has to say far more than what their parents have to say. If there's stress in your home, again, if there's impatience in your home, what are the things that you're repeating, not just to your spouse or your roommates, but to your kids? Because we internalize the things that are repeated. This verse repeat is translated in other ways in different translations, sometimes diligently teach, it comes from this idea of engraving. And E.H. Merrill, in his commentary, he writes this of, this, of this verb. The image is that of the engraver of a monument who takes hammer and chisel in hand and with painstaking care etches a text into the face of a solid slab of granite. The sheer labor of such a task is daunting, but once done, the message is there to stay. Thus, it is that of generations of Israelites to come must receive and transmit the words of the Lord's everlasting covenant relation. We don't want to be the kind of church that takes a key and scratches a message onto a bathroom stall. 
That's not the kind of repeating we're after. We want to be engravers, not scratchers. That's the point of repetition. For us here, we use the gospel project. If, you, if your kid grows up, when our kids grow up in this church, starting around age four, every three years, they go through the entire Bible. Every three years. Which means if you are not familiar with the Bible, a great way is to plug into this. And one of the best ways to learn is to teach. Having to prepare lessons for people who want to dive deeper themselves. Now, you don't have to be a teacher to help in Sunday school. We have helpers as well. But this is one of those things where our kids go through. If as an adult, you jump in and you help in kids' ministry after three years, you will have gone through the entire Bible in depth. Some of you haven't read through the Bible ever. This is our goal with the kids. By the time they leave, that three or four plus times, they would have gone through the entirety of Scripture. Repetition. When our kids leave, when we give them back to you on a Sunday morning, the youngins will come with, with a paper and a study. They'll come. We have cards that our kids' ministry gives out that has the passage and the big idea and how Christ relates to the passage. Take that and actually talk about it throughout the week. Repeat it because kids need to hear stuff repeated so that it wouldn't be scratched but engraved. By the way, we have a bunch of this out for free out there. You can grab a bag and take them on the way out. As a church, we want to be learners. And as a church, we want to be repeaters. And the final thing is that we need to be constantly reminded. Final verses. Bind them as a, sign, as a sign on your hand. Let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. Now, while part of me really likes the idea of the church going and like graffitiing scripture on public landmarks. I just don't think that would go over so well and we'd probably get in trouble. So we're not gonna go there with this passage. The idea is here is that people should not have to open up the Bible in your home to be reminded of the truth of God's promises and his teaching. You should not have to open your Bible to be reminded of the truth of God's promises and teaching. That when a parent or a family member or a friend isn't repeating the truth of God's teaching and promises, there's actually reminders that you encounter because they're there. Now, we've had a shift in our culture. We put up scripture in our wall, some of us, all right? We do it as decoration. I pick out the scripture that looks the best and I put it on the wall. I'm not going to actually read it, but it's there. Now, remember, it's not a bad thing for scripture to decorate your house. The primary use of scripture on your wall isn't to be decor, it's to be a reminder. So get words up that remind you of what you need to know. Write stuff on your mirror if you need to, so that when you brush your teeth, you can read through and remember. You don't want to write on your mirror, do post-its and stick them up there. I got this pillow, it says Jeremiah 29, 11 up here. This is a great conversation piece for visitors, but this isn't what I'm talking about because you're not reminded if you don't know what it actually says. Get scriptures up. As a church, we wanna be reminders. And if you don't have kids, you are not off the hook because the world that we live in is full of reminders everywhere we look. Let me just say this. We don't have doorposts. We don't have gates that we can write scriptures on. But eventually, my kids will be on social media Eventually, my kids are going to see what other Christians in the church post on social media. 
what are they going to be reminded when they get to your feed? What are the kids growing up in the church now reminded of when they get to your Facebook feeds, when they see the way Christians interact with one another online? That's the stuff that's coming. As a church, we want to be committed to learning the word, to repeating the teachings and promises of God, and to being reminded constantly of the teachings and the promises of God. I'll close with this. No matter who you are, and there's a lot of parents in the room, you will fail hard. Parents, I see nods, all right? A lot of failure in the room. I've apologized far more to my kids than I ever would have imagined, and my oldest is only age five. I failed hard. But the point of a morning like this is that you're not in it alone. We're gonna dedicate kids, we're gonna invite Megan and Tim, they're gonna come out in a moment, we're gonna get families up here and they're gonna say stuff and then you're gonna say stuff and the whole point is that you're not in it alone. That parenting is a daunting task and it's scary. And even if you try to do your best and you try to do all this stuff, at some point you're gonna fail because you're sinful. You're not alone. God is good, his grace is enough. And while we aim to be faithful, ultimately, we trust the fruit to God. Amen? Amen. And that's, again, what dedication is all about. Let us be learners. Let us be repeaters. Let us always be reminded. And, heck, if you make a change or an adjustment in your own life, I would love for you to reach out and let me know what that looks like. Because this is something we want to take serious for our kids. Bow your heads with me. I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite Megan and Tim to come out. Lord, we thank you uh, for the opportunity to... uh, enjoy, bask in, be refreshed by the life, Lord, that is in this room, the young life that is in this room. And so God, uh, as, as we do this together, may, may we uh, not just enjoy, but take seriously what it is, God, to dedicate our children and to be dedicated to the children of others as we raise up our children in the knowledge and love of the Lord. We give it, all this to you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. All right. Good morning once again. So this morning, we have the absolute privilege of at first service, we saw 11 families. At this service, we'll be witnessing 10 families, 28 children that will be dedicated to the Lord this morning. And that is just a phenomenal, if you don't get excited about that, we're going to start the whole morning over again. Um, Just kidding. What what makes this one special in particular is, for me, kind of the sentimentality of it because we haven't been able to do this in 17 months. And it's been a hard 17 months. It's been a long 17 months. And that was even before all that 2020 brought us. And so today is actually the first dedication we get to hold in this new building that God brought us to in 2019. So what it means this morning to dedicate children is that these parents are making a public commitment before you, the larger church family, that they have decided to raise their children in the ways and the knowledge of the Lord. And while this ceremony today doesn't have any eternal implications for the children represented here, it is absolutely one that should be taken seriously. 
because these parents are not only affirming their own relationship with Jesus, but we as the congregation are committing our relationship to help them raise their kids and point their kids to Christ. So as the church family, we need to come alongside them. We need to pray for them. We need to hold them accountable and encourage them. Parents, whether you're just in the room or if you're specifically dedicating this, mor dedicating this morning, raising tiny humans, as Zach told us already, is no small task. And God gave you these babies. He knew you would be on stage this morning, and he knows all that lies before you. So church family, I would ask that you pray for these families. Pray for these children. Pray that each and every one of these precious little ones would come to a personal saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is what we want for them as a church. That is what you as parents want for them. And so whether that's tomorrow, whether that's five years from now, pray for these children. At this time, I will begin inviting the families on stage, and one of our elders, Tim Coulterman Jr., is going to pass out a certificate and a book um, as you come up. So we are gonna start with the Weaver family, dedicating Ryder. Last week, somebody asked me if anybody went full Lion King, and I think that's about as close as we've ever gotten. So thank you for that. The DiPietro family, dedicating Faith. The Johnson family, dedicating Timo. The Wilcombe family, dedicating Beckett. The Whedon family, dedicating Hallie. The Harris family, dedicating Ezekiel. Megan, you guys can actually go right onto the floor, you're right. The Hernandez family, dedicating Asa. The Wade family, dedicating Holden. The Hardison family, dedicating Micah, Kalina, and Landon. And the Calamari family, dedicating Andrew and Mark. Well, isn't this great? You guys look fantastic. Kids, you look great. 
Uh, those of you at home, you can kind of see now everybody who's here and who we're dedicating. And uh, so this morning, I'm going to uh, walk you through the ceremonial part of the dedication for you all. And then, church family, you're going to get to participate as well, as uh, Megan and Zach have, have indicated. So let's begin. Having come freely today with the desire to dedicate your children in the presence of these, your fellow Christians, I ask you the following four questions. Please respond by saying, we will. Number one, will you see your child as a gift of God? Amen. Number two, will you instruct and train your child in the fear of the Lord? Number three, will you model before your child the life of Christ? And finally, will you pray for your child to come to faith in Jesus as his or her Savior and Lord? Amen. I ask now that you enter into the following commitment in the presence of God and his people. Please repeat after me. <clears throat> we dedicate ourselves and our children to God's grace and power and promise to raise them in the training and instruction of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Now, modeling this kind of love cannot be done alone. It requires the help of others. And for this reason, I now call upon the family members of our church and the families gathered here. Will you please stand as a church as I ask you the following question? And the answer, we ask that you would repeat together as a church community, we do after this question of commitment. Do you commit to these parents to be faithful in your calling? as members of the body of Christ, to help them to be faithful to God and to help teach and train their children in the ways of the Lord so that they one day may trust Jesus as Savior and Lord. If, church family, you accept this responsibility, please respond by saying, we do. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to ask at this time that the uh, band would come and prepare to lead us in a final song. The last part of our ceremony, if you will, this morning, I'm going to pray a prayer of benediction or blessing. And this actually comes from an, an old prayer from a child dedication ceremony that we've sort of adopted for, for our context this morning. Let's pray together. Loving Father, we thank you this morning for these children. They are a gift to these parents and to our church who in gratitude who have received them from you and now give them back to you. Lord, this morning's ceremony is a symbol of life's demands upon parents concerning their children. As they receive them, let them return the gift of their children to you. Accept, we pray, these children whom we have dedicated to you this morning. Endow and enrich them with your heavenly grace, O God. Grant that as they grow in physical strength and stature, they may also grow in wisdom and in favor with you. Preserve them amidst the perils of infancy and childhood. Defend them amidst the temptations of youth. Lead them in their years of personal accountability to hate that which is evil and to choose you as their portion forever. Bring them at last, O God, to your heavenly kingdom through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen. Hey, don't they look great? <laughs> hey, as, as you guys go ahead and return to your seats, let's thank the Lord together. You guys can go ahead and be seated.
We're going to close out our service by singing one last song together, so I'd encourage you to stand with us.
church family committed to learning the teachings and promises of God. We can't give what we don't have. Let us be a church family committed to repeating those truths, those teachings, those promises. May us be a church family committed to reminding ourselves of those things throughout our day, throughout our lives. 
knowing that when we fail, and you will, that we hold tight to a faithful God of grace, supported by a people that love us. It's who we are. If you want any of the resources I've mentioned or are interested in them, I'm also gonna include some podcasts and some free online classes. That's all gonna go out in the email tomorrow. And so again, subscribe on the front of our website for that. Last thing, this upcoming weekend is Good Friday and Easter. So Good Friday will be here, six o'clock, 7.30. We'll put that out in a reminder as well throughout the week. Easter is gonna be awesome for services. We need you to register. So if you haven't registered yet for Easter, please do that. We will be checking people in at the door. We, we wanna be very respectful with capacities, but feel free, go in there, sign up. And with that church, you're loved. We hope you have a wonderful day, a wonderful week. You are not dismissed. As always, you are sent. We'll see you next time.